Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sickman. With me is Benjamin Solak on a beautiful mm-hmm. Ben Friday edition of Locked On NFL Draft. I promised the listeners that I was going to give that one the longest drawn out fan Friday that I have to date because this is the final Fan Friday that Ben and I will be recording together, at least as a full-time co-host duo. I never want to shut the door on you and I doing a Fan Friday in the future because, you know, you're switching gigs, but it's not like you're going Still anywhere. Be around. It's, right, it's not like you're, you're, you're going to a distant planet or something like that. But I do appreciate everybody tuning into this episode because this is going to be a very special one, as it is the last one. That Ben and I will be doing here as co-hosts of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. We're going to talk about a lot of our favorite moments. We're going to get to as many Fan Friday questions as we possibly can. It's going to be an episode that there's going to be a lot of laughs, a lot of reminiscing. Um, and hopefully... No I, laughs. I, I, no I, reminiscing. I, uh, I did get one question that said, Ben better not cry in this episode because if he cries, then... That bad person's gonna cry, and it's just gonna, you know, we don't wait. That's just a lot of, it's a lot of chain reaction that we don't want to get to. But I told him I was like, hey, no promises. Depends what comes up at the end of the episode. I don't know, man. No promises. I'm more so. I mean, let's let's be honest with ourselves. I teared up at the intro alone. Um, but I'm more likely <laughs> in this context to like tear up and be fine than like actually cry, and then I'll cry later when I'm just sitting here thinking to myself. I started to get sad last night. I was talking to Mary at dinner, and I was like, a lot of the context around me leaving TDN and me leaving BGN has me, you know, uh, uh, excited because I'm I'm moving on to something I'm really uh, excited about. Of course. With that said, the first very big pang of sadness was the going through the Fan Friday questions and reading uh, how people... Uh, reading what people were willing to share about how the podcast has impacted them over the last couple yeah. of years. And then I was like, all right, I, my heart is big and is too big <laughs> and I don't like it. You guys, <laughs> I was just going to say that, that you guys out there have sent us truly countless amounts of messages since we, we announced that Ben would be leaving and, and starting a new gig and we wouldn't be able to do this podcast anymore. And some of the words of appreciation and just kind of uh, your own personal stories of what the podcast has meant to you guys. It's been humbling to read. And I've said this in a couple of responses uh, to the people that have sent us these messages, but I hope that it's the same for everybody out there. Um, It means the world to hear that a football podcast that Ben and I have done uh, in kind of a, a fun zany format has Put a smile on your face, whether it's been through great times or tough times or whatever it's been. We truly hope that every single episode of this podcast has always been and always felt like you guys just hanging out in a room with us, talking football, talking nonsense, whatever it's been. That's always been the goal of this podcast. And just to hear the the testaments of of, of what you guys have, have 
gone through listening to the podcast and, and how we've been able to help you and hang out with you and the re- relationships mm-hmm. that we've been able to form through this. It's been really, really cool. And I'm not going to read all of them as we read a lot of these questions because some of them came with a big, you know, like farewell kind of shout out to the two of us as well as a question. If we read all of those on the podcast, we would be here for hours and hours. And so I'm not going to read as many of those, but I'm going to try to respond to as as many as I can on Instagram and Twitter. And just know that I've we have read every single one of them. And we appreciate you guys so much for listening for the last two years. Yeah, I have gone to a separate Twitter account and then searched mine and Trevor's names on Twitter <laughs> and then sorted by latest. So I was to be able to read these things. So he's seen it. So he's yeah. so he has seen him even even absolute, from beyond the Twitter grave. The absolute best review of the podcast I've read over the last couple of days is a, a review written like two years ago, uh, when I first like stepped into the into the co-host role and, I, and we we started things off. And it's on Reddit, and I was trying to find people talking about the podcast because i was trying to think of remember moments because so many people were oh, like right yeah. moments yeah. and i don't remember any moments and <laughs> i just black out for 45 minutes so i don't remember anything <laughs> uh, so i was just googling trying to find it in this redditor uh writing about the podcast says uh, uh i used to listen to locked on nfl drafts um when it was ledgered and he said it's bad now and he said it's bad now because both of the co-hosts sound like they're high and they go on tangents 30% of the time. <laughs> and I read that and I thought to myself, only 30? Are you? <laughs> That's it? Yeah, I mean, they must have not gotten How dare you. <laughs> <laughs> you need to listen more and more. We one out of our five episodes is exclusively tangents. That's already 20%. You're telling me we're on priority, on topic for 90% of the other four episodes? How dare you? Yeah. And people also are like, oh, like, I hate that they go on tangents. It, we're going on tangents about the topic. So it's like, it's not like we're just going, well, that's actually not true at all. Yeah. We, we completely I'm, go off script. When by default of it, by definition of it being a tangent, it is not on topic. <sighs> you know, he's got me there, folks. Okay, Ben, we're going to get to as many of these questions as we possibly can. Like I said, this is going to be the longest fan Friday that we've ever done because we owe it to you, the people. Uh, for everything that you guys have meant to us over the last couple of years. And so before we get to these questions, Ben, uh, for the last time, I am contractually obligated to ask you, how are you, my friend? Yeah, not now in the future, you'll just have to ask it as a friend who actually wants to I know, because, well, yeah, I won't be contractually obligated. Uh, everything is delicious. People are telling me that uh, uh, it's not delicious. Uh, 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 my departure is not delicious are forgetting the the story of everything is delicious which is looking at a a sea of bad to tepid options and boldly proclaiming everything is delicious and so everything is delicious there's sad things happening today uh it is not fun to leave and i don't want to leave um but overall it's delicious because overall it's a good it, it, it is a good thing but at the same time and i want to make sure everybody else out there knows this you do kind of want to leave because this is exciting this is an exciting thing for you i know that people are bummed about it but uh when ben finally gets his twitter account back and when he is allowed to announce yeah. where he's going when he's be fired y'all are, <laughs> y'all are going to be very excited about what he is uh, he's still doing in this space okay so we're starting off the questions first we got the Hot Rods or the Hot Route Sports Podcast, which is an Instagram account that has interacted with me and Ben over the last couple of years. And they're asking a straight football one to start us off. This has to do with the summer scouting series that we just completed with wide receivers. They ask, where would you rank Miami's Amon Richards, who is forced to retire due to injuries, 
in this class of receivers based on his tape and projection. Remember, Amon Richards, a lot of people really loved him. I loved Amon Richards' game uh, when we were getting his summer scouting. Goodness, what was this? Was this last year or was it two years ago? It feels like forever ago now. I think it was two years ago. And he said, uh, clearly the best receiving talent at Miami with an NFL skill set. Nice blend of size, speed, athleticism, ball skills, everything. It's a damn shame that he was never able to get into the league. Uh, thanks, Thanks to you and Ben. You guys always kill it. P.S. Romeo Dubs is the truth. Dubs. Well done. I uh, want to say dubs every time. You're going to be wrong. Um, yeah, Amon Richards, wicked talented. Uh, wicked the in- talented. The, in- the injuries are what um, right, completely ended his career. And it's tough to like, say, like, so if you're turning injuries all the way off, then yeah, Amon was like a top five receiver in most classes. I feel right, like right. Uh, I think he was a like, fringe top five when we talked about him. Um, certainly in this class, I think he'd be in that conversation again. Uh, there are, you know, six really talented players, in my opinion, that my top five was Garrett Wilson. Uh, so it, he might be outside of that top five, but I think he's in that conversation. The really cool thing about Amon Richards is what he's doing now which is, I, I don't know, to the degree to which people have kind of followed these rabbit trails, but University of Miami athletes have been easily the most active in the early weeks now, you know, month or so, of NIL. And a lot of their partnerships in the local Miami area have been, not brokered by, but have been influenced by Amon Richards, who has become a massive advocate for college athlete nil love it in large part because amon was a college superstar right who right. lost 100 percent, not 100 percent actually because of what he's doing now 99 percent of his earning potential when his injuries derailed his football career yeah. uh and so nobody in recent history better understands and has an immediate first person story yeah uh, of the value of, of of NIL for college athletes and 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 the importance of being able to to make that money now because you could lose the ability to make the money later that you're promised whenever you play college football. Mm-hmm. And so Amon's probably a top five receiver. He's healthy, but also like Amon not being healthy has had a huge impact for a lot of other Miami athletes. And kudos to Amon for being able to turn garbage into gold there a little right, bit. Right, right, right. Turn a really bad situation into a great situation, not just for yourself, but also for other people, right? I mean, that's a that's a great moment in life. That's a great thing to see and, and have him kind of in what he is doing as, as really a role model uh, in, in that space for sure. I liked Lamont Richards a lot. He was one of my top wide receivers whenever it was that he was eligible before his industry or before his injury. I saw him, I, I don't want to say like similarly... Well, I guess that's the word I want to use. I saw him kind of like Chris Olave. Like, I felt like he had a game that was similar to Olave's where, like, I felt like Richards was just very smooth. I I thought he was very controlled. I thought he was just such a natural as a wide receiver. And you could watch these guys back-to-back and be like, no, they're a little different here and there. But I'm just saying how I perceived them, especially with an extra year going into Amon Richards' college career, what he was going to be able to do that season, and hopefully how he was going to be able to get better. I saw him similar to Chris Olave. So I don't know where I would have had I don't know if I would have had him, like, right behind Olave in my rankings. I had Olave is my second wide receiver in this class. Ben had him as his number one going into this season. So like that's super high praise, but Richards is kind of in that conversation. And and you're right. I don't know if Richards would have been in the top five wide receivers, but I feel like he would have been right there. And so in the realm of where would you have maybe put him in this class, that's probably where I feel that, uh, that he would have stood out. 
We're staying in Miami for this next question. This is from Jordan. Uh, he said, I am a major Miami Dolphins fan, so I would love to get you and Ben's opinion on the current Zayvon Howard situation since he put his quote-unquote trade request tweet out there. Howard's only played one full season before Miami made him the highest-paid corner in history at the time. I also understand his thinking of wanting to be at least the highest-paid corner on his own team. Who is right or wrong in this standoff, the front office or Howard? Also, if he's traded, what might a trade offer look like? Lastly, who are some teams that could make a run for him? P.S. I swear this isn't Kyle Krabs' burner account. Sounds like something Kyle Krabs would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so who's wrong? Uh, Zayvon Howard or ownership? Well, like, you know, it's never that neat. Uh, I don't think Howard is wrong. Uh, Howard laid it out very nicely and very clearly uh, on his Instagram when he when he had his announcement. And I honestly, like, I was an extremely big fan of that because it's like a, a little bit of like a, you know, control the story sort of a situation, right? Where it's like, he has he's just honest about where he's at and why he's making these these demands why he's pushing for these things and Mm -hmm. i think that that's going to help you know the average nfl fan like anytime like a player like wants a change in their contract a lot of times average nfl fans are like no you signed it you know respect it and like that's usually way more cut and dry than it is and for howard it's in 2018 this is from his announcement i signed an extension that i didn't completely understand or feel comfortable with uh, I played two seasons on that deal. Uh, I've significantly outperformed that deal. And then um, he alludes to the fact that the Dolphins signed Byron Jones, uh, and he's now the second highest paid corner on his team, despite the fact that he has outplayed his contract and believes he has played better than Byron Jones, which in terms of ball production, he has a really, really strong case. Um, and then he says, right, I want to clear up misconceptions. I haven't demanded... Uh, a, a new contract. I've asked for adjustments. I've asked for more guarantees. The mm-hmm. Dolphins have refused. So I feel like they're not dealing with me in good faith. So I'd like them to trade me so that I can go somewhere where will give me more guarantees to reflect my worth. Sure. Right. Yeah. Worth noting as well that the agent that Howard had in 2018 who negotiated that contract, which right now, yeah, definitely looks not good for Howard. Um, I mean, sort of. I, I'd push it back on that a little bit. I mean, why so? Well, because so we signed the deal in 2019, right? I believe yes. the only other corner who had more guaranteed money than him at the time, the practically guaranteed money, was Stefan Gilmore, who signed his deal two years prior. And Zaven Howard got 39 mil, I think, guaranteed at the time, and Stefan Gilmore had 40. So, like, he was right there, basically, because the guaranteed money is what he's talking about here, right? There, there's total money and guaranteed money, and, like, even the issue that he has right now is with he doesn't want a new deal with Miami. He just wants more of his contract fully guaranteed, and I get it because he's also been hurt over the last couple of years, which is why he would want guaranteed money because that's what every athlete wants because in the game of football, you're one play away from maybe never being able to play again. So you always want more guaranteed money. All the contracts are about guaranteed money that you get. At the time, and I just pushed back a little bit, unless I, there's there's something I still don't know about this situation. When he goes, it was a contract that I was not comfortable signing at the time. Well, you signed a deal that was basically one of, right there, the best cornerback deal in the NFL. And it made you the highest paid cornerback in the NFL at the time. So is there something I'm missing about what he said, about why he didn't feel comfortable with it? Because that part I don't get. Right. So the thing is that, um, I mean, maybe this is reading between the lines, but... The so it's a five year seventy two point five million dollar deal. Sounds great. Right. Uh seven million dollar signing bonus, which right. is absurdly small. Yes. Uh 
39 million in total guarantees, right? Which right. is a little bit over 50% of the contract, which is like solid. It's not amazing, but it's fine. Uh, all of so, so 7 million in signing bonus with 39 million guaranteed means that there's 32 million guaranteed dollars somewhere else, right? right. And that's not right. the, the signing bonus. Over time. All right. of it was uh, in 2019, 2020, and then this upcoming year in 2021. It was guaranteed base salary in 2019. Guaranteed base salary in 2020. Um, and then the 2021 money guaranteed, uh, the, the salary guaranteed after the 2020 league season. All of this to say that functionally, mm-hmm. this was a three-year contract. Sure. Worth about $40 million. So it was a three-year, $40 million deal. So $13 million per year over three years. And then after that, it's essentially three team options at 14.3, at 13.4, and at 12.2. Right. That's very team friendly. There's not, it's not bad money at all for what Xavier Howard was and signing for 13 but million f- per year. What I'm saying is, I feel like at the time that was still, because you can look, you could look at the contracts that have been signed since. You could look at Jalen Ramsey's contract, Marlon Humphreys, Byron Jones, Tredavious White, and yeah, they're making a lot more money and have a lot more guaranteed on the table, but. It's not like I just I, I I push back a little bit on the I wasn't comfortable signing the deal thing because I'm not trying to put Zaven Howard's deal up against deals that had not happened yet that were clearly better because the market always gets better when it gets reset and it was reset it's been reset four times since then so obviously it's not going to look nearly as great I just I understand what right. Zayvon Howard's doing, and I, I I fully support it. Like the dude's very very good, but I also get Miami's side where it's like, all right, well, we signed you to this deal two years ago, and you now want us to convert a lot of your remaining money into guaranteed money, which is of course smart for Howard to do that, especially when he has as much power as he does because he's been as good as he was, but he's also been hurt. So I get why Miami's like, mm, yeah, no, I do no. as well, right. No, I do as well. Miami made Xavier Howard a very high, a highly paid corner when there was a lot of risk involved in that. I remember when they signed the deal, I was a little bit like, okay, like that's, oh, that's a little healthy. Uh, it's a healthy amount of cash for Xavier Howard and for his profile at that point. Since then, he's been healthier, and since then, he's had unbelievable ball production. I don't know why Xavier Howard said I had signed a contract that I was not comfortable signing at the time. I don't know what happened in 2018 and what his agent did or didn't do. I don't know any of that. That's, All the, only, I know that's is- the only part that's, super, that's, that's weird to me, but that also involves a lot of stuff that we probably don't know. Yeah, all I know is signed that deal, then like almost immediately fired his agent and has been trying to get more guarantees from the Dolphins ever since. So when I look at this contract... All, the main thing that I just note that, that I think is important is the fact that he very clearly, the, the, the back half of this contract was built such that the Dolphins, knowing in 2019 that they probably weren't going to be very competitive in 2020 and 2021, mm-hmm. uh, could have a really nice, helpful, team-friendly contract yeah, in 2022, 2023, of course, 2024. Of course. Which the Dolphins' job is to sign team-friendly. That's what you do. You sign contracts that are good for your team. Right. And so, you, right, you 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 work with players like that. 
Howard would like more guaranteed money from them because right now Howard is not guaranteed a roster spot pretty much in any of the next three years. Howard starts playing poorly. Howard start, gets injured. The Dolphins just like, bye. Because there's no, he'd be playing three years on a deal and have no security on that deal whatsoever. And so he wants that. And so that makes sense. And it makes sense why the Dolphins don't want to move on that. I'm right. surprised that they haven't moved on it because there's a difference between not wanting to because it's to your advantage and choosing to do it because Zayvon Howard's very, very good and you want to keep him. Um, so I'm surprised that they haven't moved on it. Um, I, wonder but- if, I wonder if there's a little background to that too. Like I wonder if, you know, like if he was really that unhappy with the deal as he signed, like has Howard been pestering the organization like ev- like ever since he signed the deal, you know, to Brian just Flores change just it? Very like, yeah, Flores is very anti-stars, right? Kyle shared a... Uh, a quote in the immediate wake of the uh the the Howard request from Brian Flores where he was just like basically Flores was saying like if you have stars in your team and they're trying to get paid like stars uh, it's a team game stars are kind of a me thing I don't I guess I'm not it's a team game there are 11 guys out there they have to work together if you have a star that wants to do his own thing that just doesn't work I love to put the team first mantra and these so-called stars need to be on that page on this team hopefully that answers your question from mm. Flores mm. about star players and like yeah star players in miami leave you know brian flores has been a very <laughs> right, like bill sure. check sort of guy in that way right where right, it's like make right. gone uh you know even howard one like you know it's like these like big name players no he kind of wants a uh, 11 dudes who are all pretty good and then be able to be, be flexible like that and so all of this to say i get where howard's coming from I get where the Dolphins are coming from. I'm surprised the Dolphins aren't making this work because I think Howard is good enough and they put such priority on man coverage. I think they will. It's just both sides are being... You could make a defense of both sides. Yeah. But I think it'll Uh, work out. Hey, let's just do do three teams that Howard might be interested in before we go on to the next question. That might be interested in Howard, yeah? Yeah, that's... Yes. Uh, I have the Arizona Cardinals, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Tennessee Titans. No, I didn't think about the Titans. Well, I, uh, I have no idea how money could work for any of these teams, so don't ask me. But this is just teams that I feel like would be interested. Road Dallas and Kansas City on there for me. Oh, uh, Dallas. Dallas makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. Kansas City After. makes sense for literally every good player ever. Well, yeah. We just, we just, also, we, we just so throw like, in there. Two roster holes are edge and corner. So, like, the, it is a need. Okay, next question. This one's from Jared. Uh, what are your top five ridiculous questions that listeners have ever asked you or some of your favorite moments on the podcast? So a lot of you guys asked this question, and Ben and I were talking about this in the pre-show, and Ben and I have recorded over 500 episodes of this show together. Which is healthy. It all, it all blends together. There's a, if somebody asks me, like, oh, what's your favorite moment of the show? I would just sit there and be like, I don't know. I've done so many of these. So to help us out... And this is such a better way to do it, at least I think. I also asked you guys what your favorite moments have been. And so I'm going to read off a couple of those and hopefully reminisce a little bit here. The very first one, which was brought up multiple times, was the Fan Friday question from March 6th. And I only know this because somebody (laughs) had a clip that they sent me of it. I don't remember this. Ruben asked this question of us. He said, would you rather be able to fly at the speed uh-huh. of just walking or be able to travel through walls and the likelihood of it happening, like the power happening, increases the faster you run <laughs> at the wall? 
So there's Sorry, no guarantee. <laughs> there's no guarantee that you will be able to go through the wall. But it increases in odds the faster you sprint at the wall. And I, he sent us this clip, and you and I were howling, laughing at both of these superpowers that we had to that we had to choose between. I can't. I, I if I remember correctly, my answer was go through walls. Your right? answer was absolutely go through walls, and I was like, "You're out of your mind," <laughs> because. The one time you're sprinting at the wall, you're going to shatter your shoulder if it doesn't work. I was just, I also, I remember thinking about like trying to lean up against a wall and just like, like very <laughs> casually, just like just, at any time make contact with anything and then just accidentally go through it. It's just flying at the speed of walking just sucks. It only helps if you're like, yeah, but you can float. You can at least like float. Exactly. It's like a party trick. You've been hanging out with your boys, like, yo, do the thing. And then you just, like, float for a little bit. And everybody's like, whoa. And then that's it. Nah, I just don't want to go through walls. Um, I would just wear protective gear everywhere I went. I would just wear a helmet and shoulder pads. I'm sweating again. Uh, all right, so there. Connor also brought up the fact that Ben stole the intro from me after the Super Bowl. And that was, that was, you You held on to that for over a year, didn't you? For Wait, almost a year. Right. And and when I first got it, because it was because of the combine betting props that we did for the twenty nineteen, no twenty twenty combine, twenty twenty. Yeah, it had to be twenty twenty. Yeah. At that time, like Brady wasn't even with the Bucks yet. I was like, I'm just gonna hold on to this for a rainy day. And then Brady signed with the Bucks, and Brady's and I was like, Yeah, that might be the day. Connor also said. Um, ben losing his mind when the Eagles didn't draft Fields because we went the entire day one recap podcast without mentioning that. And then in the final and then in the final five minutes of the pod, you absolutely lost your mind. <laughs> and just don't even remember what I said. You went off. I've never I've never just sat back and let the microphone stay hot for so long. That clip was truly legendary. Uh, Dante brought up the moment where I said, forget about it. You did something to piss me off. I don't remember what it was, but I said, forget about a public sub. I'm giving you a knuckle sandwich. And then (laughs) you also lost it at that. (laughs) That's pretty good. Uh, people also brought up anytime, uh, we have to talk about JJ Arthago Whiteside. Uh, that's a, that's a fan favorite without a doubt. Um, Tom said one of the college football recap shows in which Ben went off about some poor ACC coach, maybe Pittsburgh, kicking a field goal. Yeah, Narduzzi kicked a field goal, fourth and goal from the one, down 10 or something like that. Against Penn State. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. Um, Jamel said, I'm going to give you my most triggered episode. It was the Fan Friday before Thanksgiving of 2019. You guys ranked pie flavors. Yeah, that sounds like us. Uh, why am I still triggered? You ask because both of you ranked sweet potato pie last and fluffed it off. That's my favorite pie of all time, man. If there's any, if the, if people are like, what, what were the people who listened to lockdown NFL draft? Like, I'll be like one time we got yelled at two years later by a listener because we ranked sweet potato pie too low <laughs> on a Thanksgiving podcast. Max said easily. My favorite moment was a fan Friday question of what, what two items you would take if you were stuck in Antarctica for two weeks? <laughs> <And> ben... <laughs> I 
remember and that. Ben's answer was a tombstone and a shovel. <laughs> I'm legit sweating and crying. I'm laughing so hard remembering that. <laughs> that was a good one. See, this Ooh. is why we asked the listeners. I did not remember saying that at all. Holy cow. Um, JS said uh, one of his favorite <laughs> moments was when I went on my Tutu Atwell rant after the Rams drafted him in the second round. 50% of these favorite moments are like, do you remember this one football person did this one dumb thing? Oh, my gosh. And one of you guys couldn't handle it emotionally. <laughs> Matt Matt brought up easily my favorite moment is Ben hating on fruit. And then you guys getting a one-star review for it. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yo, I haven't checked the reviews in a Somebody while. Somebody gave the podcast a one-star review because Ben said he didn't like fruit. Okay, wait. I gotta, I gotta redownload the podcast app. Um, Holy smokes! Oh yeah. my gosh! I totally forgot about that. I know. Um, At least like once per week in my mentions, will be like, "Aren't you the idiot who doesn't like apples?" I'm like, "Yeah." Uh, Joshua said, "Funniest moment has to be the five minute long rant that Ben went on when discussing the Jets if they stuck with Sam Darnold." <laughs> <laughs> that was the we as a as a, as a nation the nation I have to move on from Sam Donald because it was like that was like kind of in the wake of the election and so like every five minutes somebody was like as a nation as a people and so it was just like in my head and so I was just like listen we as a nation we have to move on from Sam Donald uh last one Mike brought this up because he had a clip for it um this is after one of the combine episodes this is when the Davis brothers um had an unbelievable Carlos and uh, Khalil yeah, Davis, like, the Nebraska ran, twins. Yeah. They had unbelievable size adjusted athletic scores. And the only other, the only other, I think athlete who had those scores was Aaron Donald. And we were just screaming about it because that was right after I wrote that feature piece about them. And you just kept yelling. This is why you read the articles. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, okay. So I actually, I do have one moment then that i remember that nobody else listed which is probably one of my favorite moments because okay. i'll tell you why um it was the thing to remember about drew lock is that he's bad that yeah that's oh, a great phrase yeah right iconic um which right like we probably have a lot of people listening now who didn't listen because that was like way at the beginning for me and you but that's why like it's it's a moment that stands out to me because that was like let's well, let's be honest i i like i don't have a very like, my sense of humor is very, like, short and acerbic and can be dark. And, like, it's not very, like, mainstreamy. I feel like. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so that was the first time where, like, I made that joke. And as I was making it, I was, like, not, like, thinking to myself, like, I don't know how this is going to play. You know what I mean? I was just, like, talking on a podcast, right? Like, it was – I was fairly inexperienced and whatever. Right. And it got you good. Like, you were howling. And I remember <laughs> being, like – because at that point – we had hung out in person what a pro only a handful <gasps> of times yeah i would say maybe what twice yeah. right like some yeah i would have been like when when we worked together we worked together like you were you yeah. were obviously you worked at tdn so we knew each other yeah. but there's no doubt about it like when you work remotely and your 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 coworkers are across the country it's it 
it's a little bit of a different dynamic, especially when you haven't met him that many times. So yeah. Yeah, I feel like right. I feel like it, like it was like Halloween 2018 and like maybe Combine 2019. Like that was it. Uh, and so I just remember you laughing, being like, "All right, like we'll be good. Like this will be, like we can do this." You know what I mean? Like we're we're gonna have a good vibe together because, I mean, we did. We ended up having a good vibe together. We still we still do. But like at that point, we weren't like friends. Like right now, we're like good good friends. Um, but at that point, we were just like coworkers, right? Who were like trying to figure out a podcast vibe together, and that ended up landing and that joke was funny but also it gave me comfort that like you know we were going to be successful uh trevor uh, not me but at every trevor ever uh, had this submission for one of his favorite moments and then we're going to move on because i'm sure we'll get up to some of these as we continue this podcast uh he said my favorite moment was when you came up with the plot of a buddy cop movie starring yourself and his favorite quotes were me saying Quote, they looked in the car and what do they see? 8,000 pounds of illegal cocaine. <laughs> I remember you giving me that answer. That was a sit back and lean back for me moment where you were just going. And I was like, this is iconic. I'm not talking. And then he also added the back and forth that we had during that same question where you said, I have a catchphrase. And I said, what's your catchphrase? And you said, I'm going to bust you like a pinata, sucker. <laughs> you know me. Very intimidating. Uh, yes, if I can think of anyone on the planet who would bust somebody like a pinata and then follow <laughs> it up with the word sucka, sucka. It is, uh, it's, it, it, it's Ben Solak. Okay, James asked this next question. Uh, hoping to get this Fan Friday question in for our boy Ben. Ben, can you sing the Eagles fight song on the show Ooh. and then give us a final scouting report on uh, Donnell Pumphrey? Thanks for everything, Ben. Go Birds. Uh, can you sing the song? Do you know all the words? I, yeah, it's so it's fly, Eagles fly, on the road to victory. Fly, Eagles fly, score a touchdown, one, two, three. Hit them low, hit them high, and watch our Eagles fly. Fly, Eagles fly, on the road to victory. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Uh, Sco Birds. And, okay, Danelle Pumphrey. If I watched him now, <laughs> I would understand that you cannot find that much space at the NFL level as opposed to in the Mountain West Conference when you're just so much quicker than everybody else because you can't find that much space. You're not going to be able to create as many positive gains without surviving through contact, which is something that he is unable to do. With that said, I still very fondly remember that touchdown against, I want to say Utah State, but the one with... One with the yeah, unblocked edge. Keep it going, keep it going. Uh, the one with the unblocked edge, and he just gives that little head fake inside and jumps right on the outside off the zone flow. And it's just like, those are good instincts. It, it's impossible to become the career rushing leader without having at least some good instincts as a player. He just needed to be bigger. And that's a lesson for us all. Don't be small. Be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what's the coolest thing? I have, <clears throat> I have family members who are Eagles fans, and every, I mean, as much as I can, I'll go up and see them in Philadelphia, and, you know, like, we'll just be out at a bar or whatever, and, and my cousin will literally just yell out the letter E, and the rest of the bar will finish the word Eagles, and they will just scream it and chant it, and that's it. Like, any time, doesn't matter, in season, out of season, Eagles are good, Eagles are bad, he'll just sit there at a bar yeah. and, and yell out the letter E. I If you if I walk past you in an airport and you're wearing Eagles gear, I will go birds you. And 
I will be like I I was sprinting to make a connection in the Houston airport uh-huh. during like a super busy weekend, and like I'm running, I'm like I don't know if I'm gonna make it in time. And there's a guy wearing an Eagles thing, and I just yelled "Go Birds!" I don't even think I looked at him. I was just like "Go Birds!" I like ran by. And I was just like because that's that's law. That's, that's what you canon. do. That's what you yeah. do. It's absolutely what you do. Okay, we're a- we're answering this next one on the fly. Okay, because it ha- it has to do with the collaboration, and we didn't talk about this beforehand. Unlike Ross, other podcasts where we are always super prepared. <laughs> Ross asked this question. He said, should you choose to accept Ben is to combine your two loves of fishing and football into an expanded, in order to expand the game worldwide? Uh, I'm doing you, no, what is it? I am doing so, doing so you, you must select five. Oh, and in doing so. Okay, that's why I was confused. And yeah. in doing so, you must select five countries outside of the U.S. and Canada, and you must choose five species of fish in which you would like to catch and target. Trevor must then select five local cuisines and beverages of said countries to consume whilst you spread your knowledge of football around the world. So you have Oh, to good give, luck, bro. You, you have to give me, yeah, five other right. countries, and then I'm going to give you cuisines. Okay. Um, so the number one, I don't have too many bucket list fish, especially not outside of the U.S., because most of my bucket list stuff is in the U.S., um, but I absolutely 100% want to go fishing for peacock bass in like Central America. So Brazil, peacock bass. Uh, I also sawfish off the coast of Costa Rica would be sick, which is not a Central American fish. Sawfish are, are freaking absolutely terrifying, but seem super sick. Um, you can go, oh, you can go fishing for bonefish in, um, in Belize as well, which oh, is so, I have a so... bonefish in my hometown. Yeah. Yeah, it's a chain restaurant owned by the Outback people. Okay. I was very confused. <laughs> you were going to say you had like one. I was like, she's living in a tank somewhere? Anyway. Um, and then Marlin off the coast of either Australia, because I think that you have to do an Australia trip. Australia just seems like they have way too many cool fish. Or Hawaii, which I know is the States, but that's like number one top fishing world destination is to like go to Hawaii and, and, and sight fish everything because right. the water is perfectly clear. Did you give five or was that only four? Did I miss one? That's like 4.5 because Hawaii is the U.S. Okay. Um, Brazil. I'd want some sort of barbecued food, like a barbecued meat, whatever it is. Okay, well, you can say that literally every place ever. That's what you want. Thank you for acknowledging a great <laughs> versatile answer on this Fan Friday format. Um, Belize, I would go with stewed chicken or tamales. Okay. Mm, I like. Australia. Shrimp on the Barbie. I don't know. I don't, I Did don't. you know that shrimp on the Barbie isn't a real thing? Okay, go on. I'll bite. Fine. I'll bite. Go ahead. Go on. Shrimp shrimp on the Barbie is a phrase that originated in a series is, of television advertisements. Shrimp on the Barbie. Oh. No, but look, you you said it differently before. Shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> Is a phrase that originated in a series of television advertisements by the Australian Tourism Commission starring Paul Hogan from 1984 through 1990. The full quote is, I'll slip an extra shrimp on the Barbie for you. And the actual slogan of the ad was, come and say good day. But it's not, nobody in Australia actually says put a shrimp on the Barbie. It was exclusively a corporate creation to get people to come visit Australia. I mean, did it work? Have you been? 
No, but I feel like okay, a lot so of people have. Oh, so it didn't work. Okay. Never Australia worked. leapt from number 78 to number seven on America's list of most desired holiday spots. And U.S. arrivals jumped to 25% every year for four years. Leapt. Yeah. Leaped. Leaped. Jumped. <laughs> big, big stepped. Okay. Shrimp are actually called prawns in Australia. All right. So, so yeah. All right, nobody would some, ever I'll, say that anyway. Yeah, I'll take some prawns, obviously. A little grilled prawn, grilled prawn you know? And then in Hawaii, I want some sort of either like grilled pineapple, fried rice, kind of a whatever, some fish in there. Oh, poke bowl? Yeah. Ooh, poke bowl in Hawaii be next level. Yes, sir. Okay, Connor asked this next one. He said, hey, Trevor and Ben, longtime listener, longtime caller. Wow. Today's last fan Friday, and it is also my birthday. Normally, I'm not a can I get a birthday shout out kind of a guy, but since I learned this news, this morning, and it broke my spirit that you guys aren't doing the podcast any- anymore. Can I also get a Go Birds and a Hell Yeah Brother? I'll give you all three, Connor. Happy birthday. Hope it was a wonderful birthday because I think that you sent this on Friday. So hopefully it was a wonderful birthday. Ben, you're going to give him a Go, go Birds. Birds. Absolutely. Let's go Birds. And I'm going to give you a hearty Hell Yeah Brother. Hell so there yeah, you go. brother. You got all three, Connor. Happy birthday. Jared asked this next one. Uh, Mega Fan Friday question. What are some of your favorite Solak phrases and sayings? Obviously, uh, everything is delicious is up there for me. It's a staple. Jared said he's got pluckies was a really good one that yeah. he enjoys. I used pluckies once for Tyler Johnson, and it pissed off Kyle and Arif Hassan, who writes for The Athletic, mm-hmm. and since then I'm like, all right, well, this is staying forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, you say long in the tooth all the time, and I, I think it's hilarious because no idiom. one else on the planet says long False. in the tooth. It's just you. It, nobody else on the planet under the age of 75 says it. That's, that, that yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. Uh, one time you said he's got feet for hands, and I laughed hysterically. Um, you, yep. al- you also say young man can play a lot, and that's just a that's definitely like a Ben Solak saying. Like, that's it. That's well, because like I used to say like this kid, right? And then I was like, all right. I, when I was saying this kid, I was like 21, 22. Right. And it was like, all right, I wouldn't want, like, if, if, if somebody was like, oh, like, I've read your stuff, like, this kid's got talent, I'd be, like, very appreciative. But I would also be, like, try not to be a kid. You know what I mean? Like, a big, big part of my work in this industry is to try to make it seem like I'm a young professional and not sure. just, like, a kid who's just kind of out here vibing. Right. And so I was like, all right, I can't be out here calling prospects kids if I would want myself to be called a kid and I'm a similar age. So then I had to start, like, forcing myself to say young man instead of kid. And the way I did that was just like, young man can play, young man can play, young yep. man can play. Yep. And just doing that 10 billion times. Uh, and it's it, it's stuck. It's good. My number mm-hmm. one favorite one, it, it's not one that you have made up, but it's the one that you said that absolutely killed me when you said it, is that he's happier than a dead pig in the sunshine. Like that happier just dead pig in the sunshine, absolutely brother. killed me. Such a good one. I, I'm am really I, trying to am get I for, that am dog I for, don't hunt going, but it's just hard. I don't have enough country in me to get it done. Yeah, you're not. I mean, yeah, you're not. You're, you're not a country dude. I'm co-opting all these country idioms completely shamelessly, but that one's just got too much, too much sauce on it for me. Yeah, yeah. I think I feel like you say that that dog will hunt more than that dog won't hunt. You know, like because it's when you're getting excited, and when you get excited, you have a tendency to try to really speak in the accent that the phrase comes from. So I feel like yes, it works better. Hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. You know? When I get going, I'm just like, all right, and now I'm becoming a different yeah, person you'll be like that dog will hunt and i'll be like oh, what? who are you yep. <laughs> i mean it's but it's funny like whenever i talk to nugget i absolutely like i i'm used to hearing like where i grew up like people would have dogs and they would live on farms and they'd be like all right get and like 
when I talk to Nugget, I talk to Nugget like that because it's what I'm used to hearing. But it's not how I speak in any other way. You know what I mean? Come on, Nugget. Come on, dog. Come on, get. Yeah, maybe you are. Maybe you are a little country. Hey, you know what? Maybe. Like, it's like, you know, it, like, I grew up in, like, decent, like, there's, like, people here and there's, like, roads and stuff. But, like, it would take me, like, 10 minutes to get to, like, center of Iowa sort of vibes. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, like, some people in my school were 100% that way. Look, you know what? Maybe, maybe there really is some deep down. Some area for you to eat sunflower seeds with the full shells. Maybe that'll happen one day for you. Never. Maybe that's really down deep. In. Reminding me of the vine country boy. I love you. <laughs> Great vine. Tyler asked this next question. Um, a little bit of a doozy. For some reason, this is the first time that I've ever put in a Fan Friday question for the podcast, but here it goes. Snake draft every single episode in Locked On NFL Draft History. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, man. When I, 2019. <laughs> when I read that for the first time, I had this exact reaction. I just like, I laughed hard out loud. <laughs> An incredible question, Tyler. Uh, but then he said, um, <laughs> he said, just kidding. Uh, I know that it would take over. I know that it would take a year if we included you and Ben's bickering to draft all those episodes. He since instead, how about a scenario? The U.S. The U.S. president announces that the NFL is required to expand into every state in the U.S. What city would you choose for each state that doesn't currently have a team? Include team names. He also said like mascots and like general team designs. I didn't do team designs, but I have. So there's 26 states that don't have NFL teams, and I got like 15. All right, yeah. I mean, I went and I listed the states, and then I listed as uh, I listed cities from memory for these states, uh, and then that's as far as I got. Okay. And there were a couple where I absolutely did not remember a single city. You list off your entire ones, and then all this. All right. Oh man, I got to read my own handwriting too. Uh, Mobile, Alabama, because the history and all that. Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Do you have mascots or no? No. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, the Little Rock Stones pebbles bristol connecticut <laughs> uh dover delaware honolulu hawaii boise idaho topeka kansas do you notice that these like all the state capitals are the only cities that yeah, i know of course because you were the guy who knew all 50 states for all 50 or for all 50 capitals for all 50 states Frankfurt, kentucky augusta maine i did biloxi mississippi so that's not a uh that's that's not a, 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 a capital there you go helena montana omaha nebraska I had nothing for new hampshire could not for the life of me remember a city in new hampshire uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Bismarck, North Dakota, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Portland, Oregon, uh, nothing for Rhode Island, which like I live near Rhode Island, it's bad. Uh, what is it? It's Providence? No, that's not it. Anyway, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, Sioux Falls, South, uh, uh, South Dakota. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I have nothing down for Utah, which is weird. Oh, uh, Montana, uh, Richmond, Virginia. I have nothing for West Virginia. What's for Morgantown, West Virginia, and then Cheyenne, Wyoming. Okay. All right. So you, you got so you got a lot of the cities. I, I I just came up with cities and names, so I don't have them for everybody. But here we go. <clears throat> I've got the Tuscaloosa, Alabama Crimson Tide. Get it? Because they're already an NFL team. Yeah. The Anchorage, Alaska Astronauts. There's going to be a lot of alliterations going on here, if you guys didn't know that. The Little Rock, Arkansas Iron. The Bridgeport, Connecticut Battleships. Come on, people. 
the Dover, the Dover Delaware dynasty, so we can call it Triple D and try to leach off of Guy Fieri's brand. You know, anytime he's getting social interaction, could be about love, the Dover love dynasty. Fieri there. That was solid. Okay, the Honolulu, Hawaii, Humu Humu Nuka Nuka Apua'a, which is the official state fish of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Boise, Idaho. I'm curious Sky- that I knew that. Well, you, you probably knew it from forgetting Sarah Marshall because that's where that's where yep. I knew it from. Uh, Boise, Idaho Sky. You know, just uh, just a clear cut. Yeah, good base guy. Uh, Wichita, Kansas Outlaws. Don't know. Just thought it made sense. The Lexington, Kentucky Fried Chicken. You know, it just rolls off the tongue. It's just right there for <laughs> That's you. Funny. The, I like that one. The Portland, Maine Seaman. I'm talking about fishermen, guys. Calm down. It's, it's on brands. What's what Maine is known for? There's a Portland in Maine. Yeah, I think so. And there's a Portland in Oregon. That's very interesting. There is. There's two Portlands. So yeah, that's uh, the Maine Seaman. Uh, Jackson, Mississippi Hurricanes. I don't know. Just worked. Uh, Billings, Montana Boulders. Again, alliteration. The Albuquerque, New Mexico Roadrunners. Because when I think of Albuquerque, New Mexico, I think of, you know. Same. Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. The Salt Lake City, Utah, Zach Wilsons. And then the Oklahoma City, Oklahoma Tornadoes. That's what I got. Salt Lake City, Zach Wilsons. Yeah. Can we talk about the photo that the Jets posted of Zach Wilson signing his contract? The number one export from the state of Utah is uh, Zach Wilson. I know that you can't throw stones from glass houses. I I understand that. Yeah, you do look young. Zach Wilson is a child. Kofi said, uh, uh, Kofi, who's does stuff for Secret Base and for SB Nation, said, like, he looks like an orientation counselor, and it's exactly correct. He just looks like a yuppie 19-year-old. He, I don't know how, like, CJ Mosley is taking this guy seriously. Like, where's your dad? <laughs> I can't with him. Uh, Nick asked his next question. Said, I was feeding my seven-month-old at 2 a.m. last week when I had this thought that popped into my head. I want to create the ultimate Kong versus Godzilla crossover using completely different yet similar movies and shows, and I need you guys' thoughts. He actually came up with great ones. Like, these are fantastic Agreed, ones. agreed. Uh, he said... You could take this two separate ways, uh, either all out with war or one-on-one, whatever it is. He said, I got three examples. Lord of the Rings versus Game of Thrones. Phenomenal. Like, that's that's a fantastic pairing. He said, Darth Vader and the Stormtroopers versus Black Panther and the Wakandans. They said, Jason Statham from Transporter versus Keanu Reeves from John Wick. These are phenomenal, Nick. This is, you they have, are. You have great thoughts at 2 a.m. while feeding your seven-month-old. This Excuse is me, this is your best work. You should clock yeah. into work at this time. I know. The, my favorite part of this question was, like, sometimes I think to myself, like, oh, no, like, I can't be a dad. Like, I'm a child, i.e. Zach Wilson. And then, what was his name? I apologize. Nick. Nick says, like, hey, when I was feeding my child, I was thinking about who would win in a fight, the Lord of the Rings cast or the Game of Thrones cast. Like, all right, I'll be okay then, because that's, that's yeah, what you, I would be doing as well. It. You're going to be all right. Yeah, 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 right. So I appreciate you uh, uh, giving me uh, some, something to, to aspire to, really. Um, okay, so Lord of the Rings versus Game of Thrones. I'm assuming, like, Fellowship versus, like, major characters. Probably, yeah. I feel like Danny having dragons, dragons. yeah, it kind of skews it a little bit. Yeah, if we're taking... All right, if we're taking Danny out of it and doing like Stark family plus allies, a little bit more of a conversation. Uh, Legolas is pretty critical, uh, and obviously Gandalf gives you the magic edge. So I think that 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 kind of decides this is pretty much whether or not Danny gets to participate. Uh, so that's my answer for that one. All right, 
Vader plus Stormtroopers versus Black Panther versus Wakandans. Mm -hmm. It's tricky because Vader is always like so many, like, you know, it's a classic complaint, but like the Star Wars movies never should have happened because Vader could have just won if he just like, you know, sprinted ever instead of just like walking everywhere. You know what I mean? Like he's, he he operates at like thirteen percent of his capacity for the majority of the fights in the entire. In the That's entire funny and also series. really true, and I've never thought of that before. Yes, right. It was like you don't think about it because it ruins the the movie. Um, and it's it's a very common thing for like older action movies. Not there's not really action, but just like you know, like you you he's so powerful and he just doesn't ever like he uses the force like twice. You're just like, dude, like that's that's the the golden ticket. You know what I mean? Right. So probably Vader and the stormtroopers. If Vader's like, oh no, I might actually die here. Maybe right, I should like yeah, yeah, yeah. kill some people, right? And like not just force choke somebody to get information out of them, but like force choke them until they die. Uh, like, again, not something he's really ever employed. Um, so probably Vader and the stormtroopers. But if it's like, you know, New Hope Vader, then yeah, Black Panther can win that. Um, I didn't realize the transporter series was like actually this in depth. It's still John Wick, but it's shout out to totally Jason John Wick. Yeah, yeah. So those are my three. Yeah, no, I have the I have the same I have the same results. I I said Game of Thrones, no question about it, basically because of Danny and the Dragons. Um the other one that I would throw in there is uh I, I thought about a crossover between like Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel, where at first they were like against each other, but then like they team up against, I don't know, like some whatever, like Steppenwolf kind of looking dude. So like I thought of that crossover too, which would be a cool one. But those are the only ones I had. I was just answering the ones that uh, that Nick brought. Nice. Connor asked his next question. He said, I think I remember you saying you'll accept my Fan Friday submissions through DMs. My question is, all of the Marvel movies, which is your favorite? After watching them all in order for the first time, without a doubt, my favorite is Ragnarok, with Age of Ultron being up there as well. So I thought, Ben, one last time, you and I tell the people our top five Marvel movies. If you don't have the top five in order right now, because I'm, I'm throwing you a little bit of a curveball, I can say mine. But we've this is a question, obviously, we talk about Marvel so much. We've answered this question yeah. a lot. But I Which, wanted to, one last time, it would be only be right for us to rank our top five Marvel movies. Which, as a quick aside, why is Marvel not sponsoring the podcast? How many people have not seen these movies that have subsequently watched these movies because of because us. Because of us, yeah. Publix, and, Publix and Marvel, sponsor the pod, you cowards. It's honestly embarrassing that they haven't. Um, as per usual, with Endgame precluded, because it's just kind of like... And Infinity War. Do you count both of them? Are we saying that obviously like Endgame Infinity War is number one? I feel like it's like... Uh, I still feel comfortable ranking Infinity War. Okay, But Endgame fine. is just like... Endgame's obviously number one because it is the conclu conclusion. And it's also an incredible movie. Uh -huh. um, so to me, like with with Infinity War included, then it's the top five is is, is Civil War. Are, wait, wait, are, wait, are you going from five to one? Or no, one five? no, I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. It's Civil War. It's Winter Soldier. Yep. It's Infinity War. Yep. It's Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Yep. And Thor Ragnarok. And I think my favorite is probably still Civil War. I know your favorite's freaking um, 
the other one. Well, but Winter Soldier. But I mean, like, if yeah. so, if we are including Infinity War, then my top five would be five Ragnarok, four Black Panther, three Civil War, one's Winter Soldier, and then one is Infinity War. But if we're not including oh, Infinity yeah. War, then I would throw Guardians one as my number five, and then just obviously bump everything up. I recently rewatched Guardians one. It is so good, it, man. It bo- both never, of the Guardians it, movies are so good. Guardians two misses. A no, bit. no, 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 no. Look, at, look. People don't like Guardians two for whatever reason, and maybe the movie throughout as a whole, moment to moment, is not as good as Guardians one because you are so interested in the development of the characters the whole time. But I feel like. Not having to get to know the characters, having them fight with each other a little bit, and then the moments at the end of Guardians 2 still just have it up there as an incredible film. I don't know. I I, I love it, Guardians 2. I really I do. think Guardians 2 just doesn't right, like it like doesn't punch it the same way. Guardians 1, where it's like every single moment in that movie is awesome. It's yeah, well, because you're getting to know what is it, five different characters all at once. So naturally I think that it would be a better overall movie. But the moment at the end of Guardians 2 mm. is still elite. Okay, Joel asks his next question. What would Roger Goodell's team of six Pokemon be? Oh frick. I got I looked you. at this one. I was like, I gotta come back to this one. No, I got then- you. I got you. Okay. okay. Roger Goodell, absolutely a Bulbasaur guy. No question about it. No question. We're, of course, talking about OG 150 Pokemon here. So he's choosing Bulbasaur, so his one is Venusaur. Number two, I got Pidgeotto. He's for sure a Pidgey guy. You know, like, you're catching Pidgey because you feel like you've got to, like, get as many Pokemon as possible when that's not really what it's about. But Roger Goodell is trying to, you know, like, up the Pokedex as much as he possibly can. So Pidgeotto's in there. Butterfree, I think he's going to get in there, too, because a big portion of the first three badges has to deal with the caves and going in and out and finding poison-type Pokemon. So I'm going to go Butterfree. Voltorb, why? Because it seems like a Roger Goodell kind of Pokemon to have an electric Pokemon. Arcanine, because when you get to the fire part of the map, you got to get a Growlithe, and you got to evolve into Arcanine because it's a heckin' good boy. And then six, I'll give I'll give him one badass Pokemon in there, and I'm gonna go with Gyarados. So uh, he'll uh, he will keep the Magic Carp like a goldfish, and it will be rewarded handsomely when it turns into a giant, fierce Gyarados. So that's my six for Roger Goodell. Okay, so far I've got three down. Um, oh, I got four down. All right, Blastoise, because all right, you think he's a as a commissioner? Guy? It's his job to put out fires. What? Oh, nice. I like it. Nice. Uh, Raticate. At times, Roger Goodell could be a bit of a rat. Uh, this is my... Okay. Th- th- yep. That, love you, Raj. Uh, <laughs> Big Raj. Slow bro. The Raj Mahal. You remember when... Uh, you remember when Goodell uh, had to, like, chill out in his uh, recliner? Because I do remember this. Yes. Yes. Draft? Yep. I do remember so this. So Slow bro. My boy's just... He's just reclining a little bit. He's just That's chilling. Great. It's good. Uh, and then far-fetched, because at times some of the claims by the league's mm. office are a little, little far-fetched. A little far-fetched, as you would okay. say. Who's, who's, oh, I should have done Drowsy instead of Slowbro. Okay, Drowsy instead of Slowbro. Who's a, who's a Pokemon who seems like they would try to do cool handshakes and then fail? Mr. Mime. Mr. Mime as well. <laughs> um, up on the stage. And then, uh, then, uh, then, uh, I would have said Machop. Um, that I can see that. No, uh, as the, as the then, handshake one. And then Ditto because 
He just says data to Jerry Jones whenever Jerry Jones wants something. That's that's Those great. That was good, man. That was great on the fly. Well done. Thank well you very much. Done. Okay, Tim asked this one. He said, I've got a question for Fan Friday a couple of days early. Well, Tim, the day has come. American football has come to the Olympics. Who would be the starting lineup injuries off? So you get QB, running back, three wide receivers, a tight end, two offensive tackles, two guards, a center, two edge, two, two interior defensive line, two linebackers, a flex player, two corners, and two safeties. Are we drafting against one another here? Or no, I think we're together? just trying to I think we're just trying to form the best team collectively to represent America that we could possibly can. All right, so Mahomes a QB. Yep. Okay. Or because it's like an America thing should be Brady. All right, know. all right, all right. Um running back, Nick Chubb. You want to go with Chubb? Yeah, you can be you can get input here. No, no, that's why like if, if you if you said a wide receiver or if you said a player that I just like absolutely disagreed with, I would I would tell you. But instead I'm writing them down as you're saying them. All right, so wide receiver, Devontae Adams. God, there's so many good wide receivers. Stephon Diggs. Who's I mean, the third best wide receiver in the NFL right now? You have to have Tyree Kill in here. All right, Tyree Kill. Yeah. Uh, tight end, Travis Kelsey? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Offensive tackle? Uh, Bakhtiari, injuries turned off, right? Yep. And Tyron Smith, injuries turned off? Oh, no, no, Trent Williams. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tyron Smith could definitely be in this conversation, but I think I'd go Trent Williams. All right, Quentin Nelson on the interior. Hell yeah, baby. Uh, Quinn, Zach, Quinn representing America. Zach Martin on the interior. Yep. Who's the best center in the game right now? Who is the best center in the game right now? Um, it feels like I'm missing somebody super obvious. Hold on, I'm writing. I'm writing these guys down, so I'm catching up here. Oh, I'm writing it down on the sheet. Oh. Well, I wasn't. Well, I was writing it down in my phone. Well, maybe get good, kid. All right, we're moving to interior defensive lineman. While I think of a center, Vita Vea and Aaron Donald. Uh, edges Chandler Jones and Miles Garrett. Whoa, Linebackers. Whoa, 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 whoa. what? A TJ War. TJ Watt. You want Watt over Chandler Jones? Why don't you yes. continue to disrespect Chandler Jones forever? I'm not. I'm putting copy TJ Watt over. That, copy that, brother. Yeah. Hey, how do we feel about Devin White not being in the top 10 linebackers for Madden? I, Madden heavily goes against, like, the formula for linebackers heavily punishes linebackers that don't have great coverage ratings, so it makes total sense. The thing that I've, the thing, the thing that I've learned the most about watching Andre and Dustin kind of talk about the ratings as they have come out is that, a lot of the overalls have to do with the formulas of what they put in with the players. And they put in numbers for players, whether it's block shedding or man coverage or overall speed or catching through traffic, whatever it is, they focus on those numbers to make it so they play as realistically as these players play in real life as they do in the game. So they use those numbers and they put those numbers in first and it just spits out an overall. So, yeah. like, they're not even really messing with the overall at all. They're just trying to make the players play like they do in, in, in the game. And they have a formula that comes out with overall. And, like, yeah, I, I think that Devin White should be in the top 10 linebackers in Madden. But I understand why he's not. And it's because coverage goes heavily against other guys. It's why Levante David's the second highest rated linebacker in the NFL. Because his coverage grade is so good. So, 
I get it. I, I get it. I, I, I obviously think that Devin White should be in that group, but I get it. Okay. I just wonder how you felt. Thanks, pal. Appreciate you letting me have Let's this space to here. get my thoughts out. Linebacker, Fred Warner, Monte uh, David. Yep. And then I have uh, corners, Jalen Ramsey and Stephon Gilmore. Wow. Uh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and then I have Minka Fitzpatrick and Derwin James as our safeties. Yep, yep. With Justin Simmons playing the flex spot. Um, Ooh. Minka can play the nickel if we need him to. All right, who's the best center in the league? I feel positive. It's not Kelsey. There's somebody who's super good. I just can't remember. And Ryan Jensen, baby. Yeah, Ryan Jensen's probably a good one. No, I don't know if Ryan Jensen's the best center in the league. He's up there. Jensen, Ragnow, Elton Jenkins. <sighs> yeah. I think that's right. Is there somebody that we're big forgetting? I don't think so. First team All Pro 2020. Rodney Hudson. Jensen. Rodney Hudson's also good. Corey Lindsley. That's who I was thinking of. Is that who you want to put there? Lindsley. Uh, I mean, Jensen's Jensen's fine. All right, hell yeah, brother. Brother, get another bucket. Yep. There. <laughs> uh, Ryan Jensen. He would also represent America to the fullest. Like him and Quinn Nelson on the same offensive line. I mean, like they'd be they'd be shotgun and beers in between sets, you know. Right. I was like a little bit thinking about that, but not really thinking about that. Okay. Uh we've got what time is it? All right, we're about an hour five into the podcast. We're gonna go for, I don't know, maybe like 20 20 ish more minutes. We have a couple of more like mock drafts that we wanted to get to, like some some mock draft Monday formats. And I wanted to make sure that the last fan Friday, one, we were answering questions, but also we were doing some mock draft stuff because a lot of people love that, and we want to make sure that that's in the last podcast too. Nick said, uh, make a starting 22 made up of only Bucks and Eagles players to celebrate the two of you. You can take 12 players from each. You can only take 12 players from each team, but they can be split however you want. I don't know, man. I might just I, I might just dump the stipulation and say, like, we're just trying to make the best that we possibly can between the Eagles and the Bucks." Yeah, 12 is an interesting number to choose as well. Yeah, he's, he did say that these players have to have been on the team for more than three years. So, like, I can't pick Brady mm-hmm. for the Bucks. okay? Yeah, because 12 means that it's either 12 bucks, 10 Eagles, 11 each, or 10 bucks, 12 Eagles, and that's it. Those are the only options. So, yeah, let's let's go, Bucks Eagles. Let's, let's see how it bounces out. Okay, all right. So, the non-negotiables for the Bucks that I, I want to get out there and— I'm interested to hear if they're going to impede any Eagles players that you would want to get on here. Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, Rondé Barber, Simeon Rice, John Lynch. I don't think so. Because the Eagles really, the only really good historical defensive lineman, the Eagles, oh, okay, okay, Jerome Brown and freaking, um, oh, there was the guy who played in like the, the 60s or whatever. But the main one you have to make sure you get is Reggie White. So there's right. still an edge spot open, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you got to get Reggie White in there. Okay, Reggie White's um, in there. Are we putting... Um, are we putting Dawkins Fletcher has Cox? to be on there. Are we putting Fletcher Cox in? Maybe. I'm not like... I don't think it has to be Fletch, but he's certainly a very good option. Oh, Brian Dawkins. Yeah, oh. Doc has to be on there. Um, we, have, we have John Louis and John Lynch and Brian Dawkins. We're going to absolutely take some heads off. Um, <laughs> Chuck Bednarik's probably be on there as a linebacker. And then one of the wide receiver spots, you go to Harold Carmichael. And then running back, you can take Westbrook or you can take Shady. 
Um, mm, does Cadillac go on before? No, Westbrook? not no, not yeah. before. I I mean I would. You 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 tell me whether you'd pick Brian Westbrook or Lashawn McCoy because I know Lashawn McCoy had an unbelievable run with the Eagles that if what was it like if Chip Kelly didn't piss him off he basically would have just like shattered every Eagles record book there was with running backs. Oh no, he is the Eagles rushing yards leader. So then it's probably it's got to be McCoy, rushed, right? Yeah, but I mean yes, but like Westbrook he was on the team for longer and he was obviously really good as a receiver and like that's yeah, probably shady. You can go for go for shady. Okay. All right, so... But yeah, no, one of my favorite facts is that Shady played for the Eagles for like six seasons and is their career rushing leading record, which is absurd because he should have just stayed and then run for another three years and had an uns- uh, had an even better record. But anyway. Okay, I have Mike Evans on there. Okay. Because um, um, he should Off the tackle, Trey Thomas should be on there for the Eagles and Jason Peters. Honestly, we should try to get both if that... I don't know about... Do the Bucks have a famous tackle? I feel like they don't. Paul Gruber is their famous tackle. And Paul Gruber was really good. Never heard of him, so I don't know. Seems he was, fake. He, he was the fourth overall pick in 20. No, 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 no. 20. I'm an idiot. Uh, 1988. And he was with the Bucks for like 11 years. He's good, but uh, I don't know if he would make it on here. You could put You could put Peters on there for sure. I mean, you could put like, Kel- yeah. you could put Peter Kelsey on there for sure. Yeah. Um. I feel like, uh, tr- uh, man. I mean, like Trey is like a stalwart eagle. All right, we'll come back to that one. Okay. Um. Let's put um. Uh. You have Derek Brooks at linebacker. Okay, let's put um. Hardy Nickerson is another linebacker that we could put in here for the box. Yeah, the Chuck Bednarik. I'm sure old heads want Chuck Bednarik. I want Jeremiah Trotter. Love Jeremiah Trotter. Um, you think Trot would make it? One of those dudes? No, that's the thing. Is I think I would want him too, but I don't think it would. I think Bednarik is like a Hall of Famer, so he probably should be on. Is Nickerson a Hall of Famer? Uh, I, I no, I don't think no, I don't think he is. Ben Nerick is one of the very few Eagles in the Hall of Fame. So He's, I think that I mean Nickerson was good though. He made he was he was four time all pro, but I mean like if Ben Nerick's in the Hall of Fame, then yeah. yeah. Also, Ben Nerick uh played both ways too, so we can get him on the offense too. Oh nice. Good good call. Um okay, corners. This is interesting. So wait, Rondé Barber's one of our corners, right? Yeah, I have him as a nickel, but yeah, I mean he could be he could be kind of either one here. Okay. We get creative with him. Eagles have wild corner history do they um well yeah if you think about Lito Shepard Sheldon Brown uh Troy Vincent and Asante Samuel for I don't know how many years though but like like the thing like the reason I, I I bring up all those names is that like okay probably not Lito but like Troy Vincent was a multi year all pro when he was with the Eagles I know that for a fact um, Sean Brown, I feel like wasn't at high. Probably Troy Vincent should go on for the Eagles. Okay. I think, yeah. Okay, I think we should get Troy Vincent on. Okay. Um, nobody else has to go on from the Eagles secondary. So then, that uh, do we want to put? Do we want to put Hardy Nickerson on there then? I'm down for that. Okay, that works. Um, I'll put Nickerson on there. Gerald McCoy or Fletcher Cox for this interior defensive line spot? Probably Fletcher Cox. 
Okay. Probably. Fletcher I appreciate Cox. that. Um, I think it's it's decently close, but it's probably Fletcher Cox. Wow, filling out the defense was pretty easy for us. <laughs> Got a crap These on are all the famers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. I mean, like, Eagles got any tight ends? I was gonna say, like, you can like, you know, do Zach Ertz if you want, but I don't think you have to. Bucks have Jimmy Giles. Never heard of him. Okay, I mean, like, he was great name though. Yeah, Jimmy Giles is a great name. He played played for uh, the Bucks for Harold almost ten Michael, years, right? Huh? We have Harold Carmichael down, right, for receiver? Yeah, we do. Yeah, okay. we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go Jimmy Giles. I guess um, we'll throw him on there. Go for it. And then we need another running back, wide receiver. Ooh. You know, we should put a wide receiver. Who? Deshaun Jackson. Because he's a storied eagle. Oh, yeah. For but sure. then he also was the Bucks for a year. Oh, wow. Yeah, actually, that was, that was great. Do the Bucks have nice. or? Okay, so I could go Paul Gruber at offensive tackle unless there was a really good offensive tackle for the Eagles in Eagles history. No? Yes? I think I think Ray Thomas. Let's see. Trey Thomas. All right, throw him in was, there. He doesn't really have many. A career highlight. Three-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro. But he was in the Eagles for a, over a decade. All right, you can throw him in there. That's fine. All right, Trey Thomas. Nice. Love uh, Trey. Trey's uh, now. Good dude. I put, I put Ali Marpet on there. Okay. Um, He's by far the best they have to offer. In terms of a storied interior offensive lineman. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Bednarik can play guard. <laughs> um, man, I mean, like, freaking, I'm not trying to, like, the only guys I can think of are, like, guys that last, like, 10, 15 years. Um, Ryan Jens has technically been on the team for more than three years, so I could technically put Ryan Jens in if I wanted to. That might make a, the best team. Oh, the Eagles had an eight-time All-Pro tackle named Al Wistert. And the photo of him is in black and white. Throw so. him in there, baby. Do it. We're Al putting Wister. him in. We're putting him in. I'm also putting yeah. Ryan. I'm putting Ryan Jensen in here. Oh well, then no, that's the last spot. We don't. We don't have a spot for him. All right, oh. so quarterback then. No, no, no. Put put uh, put black and white guy in there. Al Wister, baby. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> Never okay. heard of him today. <laughs> Al Wister. Uh, and then quarterback. Donovan. If the Eagles. Right. So the Eagles offering. Would be McNabb. Um, right. Five career um, uh, uh, um, um, NFC Championship game appearances. Yep. I uh, was a six-time Pro Bowler and one Super Bowl appearance. Um, obviously, like, Harold Carmichael is the man. Uh, Norm Van Brocklin is also a person who is old. Um, but I do think McNabb is the best quarterback in Eagles history. Um. I think we'd. I think uh, Doug Williams is probably the only other quarterback that could contend with McNabb, and I think I'd pick McNabb. So I think, okay. All so, right. So, so this team got Donovan McNabb, Lashawn McCoy, Harold Carmichael, Mike Evans, Jimmy Giles, Deshaun Jackson, Jason Peters, Trout Thomas, Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, Ali Marpet, Al Wister, Warren Sapp, Fletcher Cox, Simeon Rice, Reggie White, Derek Brooks, Chuck Benneric, Hardy Nickerson. Ronnie Barber, Troy Vincent, John Lynch, Brian Dawkins. How many did we get for each? We ended up, we ended up with twelve Eagles and ten bucks. So there you go. Wow, nice, nicely, nice. Oh, wait, Al Wister is an Eagle. We ended up with thirteen Eagles and nine bucks. I just do not recognize Al Wister's name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. All right, Pete asked his next question. We're rolling on here. 
with all of the players you guys have scouted over the last two years on the podcast together, who are your top five players that you would want to hang out with and grab a beer with? I got your five right here. Aaron Banks. Okay. Did you see the video of him dancing at training camp? Looks like he's the man. Landon Dickerson. I'm not on Twitter. Just Landon Dickerson. Did you see any video ever of Landon Dickerson? Seems like the man. Makai Becton, simply because I would like to see how many natty lights this man could put back before passing out. The Carlos and Khalil Davis brothers, because they're awesome. Ben and I have actually hung out with them before. They're super cool. And then uh, number one for me is Quinn Myers. Aaron Banks, is he's a svelte 330, brother. I don't think he's he's 330 anymore. But yeah, the the tweet I'm I'm watching of him dancing has yeah, him like you know around three thirty. But yeah, no, I'm about to say, no, no, that no. Boy's he's three thirty. He's like he's like I bet he's like three ten, three fifteen. Good ball player. Yeah. Uh Landon Dickerson one hundred percent is one. Um Baker Mayfield is another one, right? He counts as a prospect we've covered in the last couple of years. Yeah, that counts. Uh, yeah, which like I don't know, like for me like sharing a beer since like I don't drink is like how much are you gonna entertain me when you're drunk? And so right, like Baker. Yeah, I feel like you get some good good stories out of Baker. Um, so yeah, I had Landon Dickerson. I had Baker Mayfield down. I had Denzel Mims down. Mims is a very intense dude, uh, and I feel like he, a lot of the times when he spoke during his availability, you could tell he had things that he wanted to say that he was unwilling to say because uh, it would have been impolite to say. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like him drunk would be eye-opening. Uh, so he was a name that came to mind as well. Uh, Kayvon Wallace, who I got to interview and, and, and do a profile on before he came out in 2020, another like extremely intense dude who I feel like would be a boisterous drunk, and I would enjoy that a great deal. Uh, who asked this question? Matt asked this next question. How much different is your approach to scouting in the summer versus your scouting leading up to the draft? Different. Uh, when I scout in the summer, I want to understand... Uh, truths about the player i want to be you, you hear me talk a lot about like in what mold are these guys right like i like all right like you know chris almond bell is in the mold of amari rogers and we're talking about players that get targeted within five yards of line of scrimmage Traylon burks and i smith chris almond bell right so i'm trying to understand what is their mold uh what's the role they play on their offense at least up to this point uh how does that potentially fit in the nfl how does that that fit to their physical toolkit as well uh like i've always known that george piggins was like big and could jump and now i'm like all right piggins is like listed 6'3, 205 like i buy that you know whatever and like what's his speed like and so trying to understand physical tool sets and roles on their team to how them i project to the pros that then allows me to say off what we know right now it's reasonable to expect he has this sort of an arc or he has this sort of a floor draft wise or you know like uh like zay flowers it's like all right like i'm not sure i can find the big ceiling here right so i'm I'm now trying to understand you know what can change and, and what's the expected arc for this player across the course of another season of play as opposed to when a player comes out it's all right this is everything we have on him it's decision time and so now it becomes less about like what could he become and it becomes more about all right, he still could become something, but how likely is that? How much is that worth the risk? How common is that in this specific class? Uh, how much am I willing to invest in that? How much risk am I willing to take on? Uh, and so when the, the rubber hits the road a little bit, you have to be more honest about the legitimate chance that a player has of developing as opposed to in the summer when you can be a little bit more optimistic about it. And so that just changes your paradigm in terms of I'm trying to meet this player for the first time, understand him and figure out what he needs to work on and, and, yep. and what I need to watch for throughout the season, as opposed to, all right, this is his whole body of work. He's coming out right now. And I have to decide whether or not I want to take the risk on this guy. Yes or no. Yep. No, it's, it's that's kind of what you're looking at. It's just different timelines. You don't have as much, 
you don't have the ability to look at either physical skill sets or how polished they are or, or you know, what they could get with reps. You don't have that luxury, I feel like, at the end of a, a scouting journey. You know, when you're going into, hey, it's draft day, I've got to figure out what this guy could be for for my team. Yeah, there's certainly projection involved, but it's not nearly as much. And you watch a lot of guys take leaps in their final seasons of college football. And I think that when we scout in the summer, you're, you're looking for a lot of promise. You're definitely doing the kind of like, okay, well tell me what they can do. Tell me where, where they win now, how much better they can get in the areas where they have weaknesses. Is it physical weaknesses? Is it things that are correctable? And when you're going into the NFL, you want to see at least most of those things kind of cleaned up already. You want to have a clearer picture of what they are for your team. And that's often the case. And so it's just a little bit of different projection for, I would say potential. Uh, You're just at a different part of their calendar as an athlete. And so there's a different decision that goes into it because when you're drafting a guy on draft weekend, yeah, you're, you're, he's still a rookie and you're hoping that he gets better and everything, but he's got to be a contributor for you pretty soon. So you don't want him to be too raw in that regard. Uh, We're going to go back. Houston just signed with the Ravens. One year, four million. Oh, okay. There we go. A little breaking news on the podcast. Really, well. really, really good signing by the Ravens. Uh, Houston and the Ravens has always been the best fit. We are going to go through as many of these as we possibly can over the next 15, 20 minutes uh, before we get out of here for the last time. Uh, Trevor, power rank NFL broadcasters. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. He said power rank NFL broadcasters in terms of replacements for me as co-hosts. Oh, okay. So Joe yeah. Buck, Troy Aikman, Tony Romo, Jim Nance. Uh, Brian Greasy, Lewis Riddick, Chris Collinsworth, Al Michaels. Okay, so Romo is one. Joe Buck is two. Chris Collinsworth is three. Uh, Lewis Riddick is four. Jim Nance is five. Troy Aikman is six. Brian Greasy is seven. Al Michaels is eight. Actually, Al Michaels got to be higher. Than he's, say, he's, got, he's, be yeah, he's, he's got way too many stories. I was thinking to myself, like, Al just isn't like a, a jump off the page kind of like a personality dude, but like Al's got an unreal amount of stories, so he's got to be way higher. I don't know. I did that off the top of my head. So uh, if it's wrong, did you see so be it. there was news today that Akib Talib and Gus Johnson wow. are going to be doing some games for NFL this <laughs> year for Fox? That's amazing. Yes. And I know that people were like, in a kerfuffle about Akib to leave in the booth. I thought he was hilarious. Uh, he called an Eagles game and Alshon Jeffrey was running a six, five second, 40 yard dash. And Akib went, well, Alshon's not the fastest in the world. And it fucking killed me. <laughs> uh, he's hilarious. And I can't wait for him to do more games. Joe at work. We had to make sure we got a Joe at work question. Uh, right. I said, celebrate the, we got to celebrate the last day. The only way we know how let's just talk some football with defenses getting lighter over the last 10 years, more nickel, more big dime, more coverage linebackers. Will offenses over the next 10 years get bigger pony packages, 12 personnel, big slots. So pony packages are, are as a, as a family of, of two back packages. Usually pony describes two running backs. So instead of like yeah. 21 personnel running back, fullback pony would be two actual uh, running backs. Guys, listen on the depth chart is that, uh, Yes, because I think like it, it naturally as the pendulum swings one way, you try to cut the other way. Correct. Uh, right. The athletic football show with Robert Mays just had on the Browns tight end coach. And he brought up the fact that like all innovation is just like chasing each other around in a circle and you're just trying to be in the front. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you're always just kind of like trying to, to dip all the other guy ducks and zig all the other guy's eggs. Um, so, yes, uh, I think so. With that said, uh for as much as we're going to see heavier personnel, I don't think it's going to continue to be used in ways that we traditionally think of heavy personnel. So in the sense that, yeah, you're going to have 21 personnel, you're going to have 22 personnel, two backs, two tight ends, 
but you're going to continue to see spread formations. Uh, and that's always an important thing to know is that heavy personnel, personnel does not always dictate formation. Heavy personnel does not dictate heavy formation. So yeah, there's times where the Niners are going to come out in, in 21 personnel. The time where the Ravens are going to come out in 22 personnel. And it's going to be super condensed. There's only going to be one receiver separate from line of scrimmage. That's as the situation demands. But really, a lot of the utility is going to be, all right, we're in 21 personnel, but you know we're working with like pistol backfield with a sniffer, and we got two receivers out wide, and like we can get into spread ideas from this uh, formation. And so, yes, to have your personnel, but it doesn't mean it's going to be like eye formation, always with two tight ends attached run it down their throat. I think heavy personnel working into spread concepts is a currently untapped edge in NFL meta. Yeah, I think that... I think the answer is yes, because uh, like you said, it, it's it's kind of just a giant circle, but it's not always the same circle. Like, I, I think that as you are flipping one, one side or the other, like, oh, spreading it out versus bringing things in closer, having more power in the middle, getting lighter in the middle, whatever it is, a lot of people are trying to counter it, but at the same time, I feel like football has definitely evolved. So it's not like we're going to go back to the days where you know, you're sticking all these guys on the line of scrimmage, you're just trying to run it down people's throat. Because even if that worked to perfection, teams that are great at passing would still have more points than you. Just because like that's where we are at in the sport right now. Passing has become so explosive and so good that that's just the way you score the most points. That's how you move the ball better. And so I think there will be a little bit of that. I think that you will see a handful of teams, yeah, get a little bit more powerful, get a little bit stronger, get a little bit bigger to try to complement when other teams are getting too light, when they're trying to sub safeties in a little bit too much for any kind of linebacker play or like whatever it is. But then I think that you'll see defensive and offensive coaches get innovative with where they have guys aligned to try to make up for size with alignment, if you will, and and try to you know steal a gap away this way and keep speed on the field or whatever it is. I, I just th- I feel like the answer is yes. It's going to go back and forth a little bit because that's just how things always are. But it's never going to look exactly the same. It's not like we're going to go back to like '90s style football. Like '90s style football is coming back. It's going to be a different form of maybe a heavier side of football. So that's kind of what I think. Patrick asked this next question. He said, I'm going to assume, incorrectly probably, that Ben has finished Loki. Rank these Marvel series, Loki, WandaVision, Falcon, and the Winter Soldier. Haven't even started Loki. Uh, Direct all complaints to Meredith Solak, who just is too slow watching TV shows. Uh, With that said, WandaVision's definitely better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I'm, I'm so excited for Loki. I honestly might even just rank it one based off of no information. You know what? What? I'm really sad at how much I didn't enjoy Loki. Oh, no. I really, really wanted to that like the sucks. show. And I didn't know that, man. Yeah, because we haven't had a chance to talk talk about it because you didn't you haven't watched it yet. And so, like... Direct uh, complaints, Meredith's all like... Uh, Alyssa and I got done watching Loki, and we were just like... Okay. I, I don't know. It just... It was... I, I can see why people really love... Like, if you, if you love the whole, like time doesn't make any sense time warp kind of a thing like if that's what you're into kind of like being confused and ambiguity and 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 just like not having not knowing what what, yeah what did i say (laughs) you said ambiguity you meant ambiguity ambiguity yes yeah ambiguity (laughs) yeah i had to give us one last uh it's like oh you look so are you are are you two years old now yep ambiguity (laughs) ambiguity If you like things that are ambiguous, um, 
then I think that you would like the show Loki. But we we just got done with it. And we were like, okay. I just, I, it just did. It, unfortunately, it did not interest me at all. I wished so much I enjoyed it more because I love Loki's character. I just did not love the show. WandaVision is far and away the best show that we have seen so far from those Marvel shows. WandaVision is so good. Unbelievable. It's, it's, it's just perfection. Reggie asked this next question. He said, build a starting to 22 with NBA players matching position with uh, attitude and or abilities. Okay, I came up with the all 22 because I, I did this to save time. I said all 22. Uh, the 22-person roster. Ben, you just tell me where you big disagree, okay? Okay. I got Steph Curry at quarterback, passing, vision, speed, quickness. I got Jimmy Butler at running back because I feel like he's an all-around just good athlete. We got LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Damian Lillard as the three wide receivers. We've got Joel. I appreciate this spelling of Giannis Antetokounmpo, by the way. Thank you. Uh, We have Joel Embiid at tight end. Offensive line, a little bit difficult. I've got Nikola Jokic, DeMarcus Cousins, Nikola Vucevic, Jalil Okafor, and Hassan Whiteside. Just try to get beef and strength. Shout out Jalil Okafor making it onto this team. He's just got beef, dude. He's got tree trunks, the lower half. Interior defensive line, Andre Drummond and Draymond Green. I would never want to line up against either of these fine folks. Edge rushers, we've got Zion Williamson and Carl Anthony Towns. Love it. Linebacker, we've got Donovan Mitchell and Kawhi Leonard. Two studs with speed in the middle, so then we could have three defensive backs, which are Ja Morant, De'Aaron Fox on the outside with Trey Young as the nickel defender. Ja should have been a corner, 2K21. Okay. Uh, I was like, he is a corner, um, but you're saying like in real life? Yes, in real life. Okay. And then safety is I have Kyrie Irving and Russell Westbrook. My biggest umbrage is mm. that Jimmy Butler absolutely has defensive back energy. He said, factoring in athleticism, body type, but also general vibe. And Jimmy, who, like, would challenge his own teammates in scrimmages to beat him with the third team and then subsequently beat them with the third team, absolutely is like a corner. He's got to be. I think you're right. He, I mean, he could de- he could definitely play corner. I just wanted to find, like, an all-around position for Jimmy. But Let Darren yeah. Fox. Darren Fox is, like, a good—he's, like, a slasher. So let him yeah. play running back okay we got some offensive line jimmy's got to be corner we could trade that i wouldn't i wouldn't totally hate it okay uh who owes the other the most public chicken tender subs you do because i win more bets i would argue that you do because (laughs) because i win more bets (laughs) yeah i think if i could go back and 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 do it all again the one biggest thing i would change about the podcast is actually recording who wins bets because we just never started after like the first couple and then at that point it was just far too big of a mountain (laughs) to climb and we did like over a year's worth of public chicken tender sub bets and i have no idea any of the results uh sam asked this one we've got two more that we're getting to he said which fan base likes each of you the least and what did you say to make them mad I think Colts, Colts fans collectively hate us the most just because I feel like they feel like we disrespect their players Colts too much. Colts fans rough, rough training camp, man. The Wentz injury sucks. That's that's so – like not only does it suck just because like Wentz was is, is the injury-prone label and trying to shake that, whatever, but also like Wentz needed time with the Colts organization to start developing chemistry and confidence because that was such a big part of the problem in Philly. And it like let's say he misses all of training camp. But he's able to come back for week one. Mm. There's going to be rhythm problems. He's not coming back for re- week one, man. I it think they're sucks. in trouble. I think they're in so trouble. Bad. I would dude. also say the Packers fans don't like me just because I keep bringing up the NFC Championship game. 
and also because you didn't put Zadarius Smith in over Daniel Hunter. Oh for, yeah, for, yeah, 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 yeah. And I saw uh, I saw a picture of uh, Daniel Hunter the other day, and I was I was my priors were reaffirmed. <laughs> he is a healthy young man. Yeah, he is an absolutely healthy young man. This is the final question. This is from Kyle. He said, "What is one episode that you two recorded together that you will never forget?" I don't have a singular episode but i would just say that over the last two years any of the podcasts that ben and i have done together have been some of my favorites because you know you get to be in a room with somebody after recording a podcast from distance for so long and you just get to see their immediate reactions and their facial expressions and you just get to build off of one another and i think of the nights that you and i recorded podcasts after day one of the NFL draft where you and I are just dog tired at 2 a.m. trying to pump out a podcast and you know you were just we're basically zombies at that point but we're turning on the microphone and we're bringing as much energy as we possibly can because we love the pod and we 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 love just talking football with each other and talking football with you guys and so I really I don't know I'm sure that my real answer is some sort of Fan mm-hmm. Friday episode that has left me laughing on my ass. But uh, I will always remember the times that we actually got to record the podcast together as definitely the ones that stand out. So here's my answer, and it's a weird one, but it's a good one in my opinion. Uh, I will never forget recording the guest mock drafts number four pick Atlanta Falcons with Tori McElhaney, I think her last name yeah, is pronounced. McElhaney, I, I, I believe. Say correctly, say yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had never heard Tori on a podcast, and I don't think you had either. No, I hadn't. Uh, I don't think Tori had ever heard us before. Probably and, not. <laughs> you know, it was her first time on Guest Mock, and it was also like early in Guest Mock, so we were like chopping at the bit. Um, and obviously, like all of the podcasts that like we do, it's you and I, so it was a great time. But I remember thinking as that podcast was going, how much I would want to listen to this show. Because we were asking good questions and getting good answers, but it wasn't with the top button buttoned, which is a you know very common thing. Like you know, like good journalists who ask good questions do their podcast. And oh, the Adam Schefter podcast. There's no reason for Adam Schefter to be catching us stray right now. But the top button is buttoned. You know what I mean? It's like this is like football professional podcasting interviews, and we just weren't that way with just like somebody like we did not know, right? We're like this sure. is our vibe, right? Yeah. And Tori is very talented. I I, I followed her. Pretty much after we had her on, I've enjoyed her work since. Yeah, um, same. But Tori, like, hopped in and was like, yeah, this is the vibe. And, like, we, like, made, like, jokes about, like, we ripped on the Atlanta Falcons to the athletic Atlanta writer who we did not know personally. And it, like, was fun and cool and, like, as always with us, like, a little bit irreverent and a little bit jokey, but still, like, really good analysis. And I was like, yeah, like, this is, this is, this is how content should go. This is quality and it's interesting and it, people are going to learn from it and people are going to have their priors challenged and people are going to think about the draft and think about the Falcons in a different way. But also people can be like, hey, these guys are idiots and like enjoy <laughs> our usual vibe. And so I just remember thinking during that podcast like while we were recording, it's being like, yeah, we're making good content. Like, this is what it should be. Tori probably remembers that podcast. and goes, yeah, that was miserable. Those dudes were <laughs> I had no idea. These people <laughs> I'm never are insane. going on that podcast again yeah no man that's the i mean that's the entire vibe of of what you and i have really tried to create over the last two years and there are you know as we kind of bring this episode and and try to put a bow on it there are so many podcasts out there um not just in the space in general but specifically even with football There, there are so many podcasts that cover 
individual teams and, and that you might know from different beat reporters and everything. And I have always felt so humbled uh, doing this Locked On NFL Draft journey that people would take their valuable time away from their day when they could be doing other things or even listening to someone else talk about football and instead choose to listen to the two of us and, and our banter and our opinions and 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 hang out with us. And that's really how I have said it every time that I kind of like thank people for listening to podcasts is I always tell them, hey, thanks for hanging out with us every day because that's what I've wanted it to feel like. And so you, you having that fond of a moment uh, – while the podcast is going on, I mean, that's hopefully everything that has absolutely encapsulated what this show has been over the last two years. Yeah. Um, there's a part in the office where like Andy Bernard, it's like in one of the final episodes, it says like, I wish there was a way of knowing you're in the good old days, like while you're still while you're in the good old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, right. The, the number one thing that I've thought as I've, you know, reflected on, on leaving and whatnot is um, how 2019 Ben, who like just started working full time at the draft and just graduated college uh, would have told you that like the goal was to get really good at evaluating players and get really good about writing about the NFL. And for all of like 2020 and like probably most of 2021, even uh, Ben would have kept telling you that because that's what he decided when he started was important. It was like, I gotta learn how to like understand the game understand players and I got to be able to write cool things about it. And it's got to be engaging and be a good writer, a good journalist. And while I had that, like such austere strict tunnel vision just happening in the background, like the best thing I did at TDN, which was this, and you just didn't, you don't notice you, sure. you miss it. Right. You, you think to yourself, all right, and we're doing the podcast because that you, that's what you do. You do podcasts and all oh, we have to do five episodes a week. That's so many. Oh my God, we got to do this prep. Oh, so much. <laughs> right, like, right. All of them, like Fan Friday. This is super fun. Like I got to get like ready. And I got to like think about these, these absurd. F- the good old days are behind. I realized the extent to which, you know, 2019 Ben and 2020 Ben was enjoying doing the podcast, uh-huh. learning how to do the podcast well, uh, and, and making a very good friend in Trevor and, 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 uh, and, and building a, a very, awesome totally zany extremely weird but very cool community of locked on nfl draft listeners so yeah uh locked on nfl draft is the best thing i did at tdn and it's uh i wish i understood that sooner and appreciated it more well i really i i certainly appreciate hearing that because this has been a blast over the last uh over the last two years you know you guys out there we talked about it at the beginning of the show you sent a lot of your stories um about what this podcast has meant to you when you were kind of going through a rut or going through tough times or really just needed somebody to make you laugh. And that's also been something that's been the case for me. Like Ben said, you know, whatever was going on in my life, you know, however stressful work was or whatever was happening, I had to record five podcasts a week. And sometimes this is a really great break in all of that uh, and a moment to just kind of talk football with a good friend of mine, share some laughs. And it's been, it's been an awesome time over the last two years. And so, uh, Ben, as we kind of wrap this up here, I I just wanted to certainly say thank you from myself and everybody out there who, uh, is an ally of the pod, a longtime listener to the pod for all of the 
hours that you have put in prepping for the show, recording the show, everything, man, it's it's always come out wonderful on the other side. And, and I have learned so much from you, just as much as a lot of people say that they learn things from the show. I've learned so much from you just uh, being able to talk football and life and um, leisure and everything with you. And it, it's been a blast, man. And, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to get too heavy on the goodbye because, you know, you're you're not going far. You're just you're just kind of doing this thing in a in a cool space that you're very excited about. And like I said, I know that this won't be the last time you and I are on podcast together, but it's been special. It's it's been really special getting to do this podcast, having you as my co-host for the last two years. So just wanted to say, man, love you. Thank you so much for everything from everybody who listens uh, to myself. That it's been a blast over the last two years. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Oh man, he he cried, guys. We you made it. We made that. it. We Maybe made it to the end. Anything? You're an idiot. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna. If you've enjoyed the show, and they're like, hey, I like Ben and Trev. Like, I'm sad that it's over. Just do me a favor and like, just keep listening to Trev. Like, listen to me too. Wherever I end up, hopefully you like it. <laughs> that would be but yeah, like, that's that's what I would say as yeah. well. You guys should keep listening to Ben and following Ben. Yeah, but like go listen to the Dynasty Bros podcast with Trev. Keep listening to Locked on NFL Draft with Trev and like understand just how good he is at this. Cause I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm like I think I do a good job podcasting. I think Trev is is a special, special host. Um and I'll tell that to anybody who will hear for as long as I'm able to say it. Well, I I appreciate I appreciate the kind words, my friends. As I said before, <laughs> Ben's not going far. He's going to be having his own podcast. He's still going to be writing. He's still going to be covering the league. We can't say exactly where yet. He's not going too far. Make sure you guys still follow Ben and everything that he's doing. He's going to be continuing to, to teach us more about the game of football in, in his own personal way, which has made it so fun. I will be back. I will be back on this podcast on Monday morning. We're going to get some great guests on over the next couple of weeks as we get ready for the 2021 NFL season. We're going to be switching up the format, of course, a little bit because it's going to look a little bit different with Ben not here, but uh, I guarantee it's going to be great for you. It's going to be a great listen. You guys are going to enjoy it as well. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.